Welcome back to the Charlotte Angel Connection, the Charlotte area podcast linking entrepreneurs, investors, and the broader Charlotte community. As you know, our goal here is to interview the individuals who are building, shaping, and influencing entrepreneurship in the Charlotte region so you can stay invested in Charlotte's growth. Over the course of the last couple months, we've done a broad range of interviews, um, and as many of you know, our, our format for the last couple of years has been to do a two-part series with the interviewers that, or with the entrepreneurs and investors that we interview. We're going to change up our format going forward. Um, we are now, the Charlotte Angel Connection is now an hour-long podcast where you have the ability to stop it and pick it back up where you need to, rather than us arbitrarily setting the time period somewhere between 30 and 45 minutes. We're still going to post it every other Thursday, so format will still be to release on Thursday afternoon around lunchtime. Um, but rather than being an every week event from here on out, it will be a um, every other week event. So hopefully you enjoy the new format. Um, this week we are kicking off with Angel Rutledge. Um, Angel and her husband Dan started Sign Up Genius back in October of 2008. They actually have just celebrated their 10-year anniversary this week. So give them a shout-out on social media if you get the opportunity. Um, Angel was a great interview. We talked about from the early days on, a little bit of their background, how it started, why it started, what it was like in the early days, what she's done, her favorite role, some of the struggles of being an entrepreneur, um, and some of the struggles of being an entrepreneur and a parent at the same time. So really fun interview. I hope you'll enjoy it. Um, also wanted to talk about a few of the things that are going on in Charlotte right now. Um, so bear with me for a few minutes until um, Angel's interview um, will start. Uh, first of all, I want to thank Dan Roselli and his team over at Packer Place for our first corporate sponsorship. <coughs> They've hosted more than two dozen of our interviews over the course of the last couple months. And I've offered one of their Yetis for us to use with guests when we go off sites. Um, they're a great community supporter for all things startup here in Charlotte. Uh, pretty much helped get the startup scene back up off the ground moving again in 2011 and 2012. So happy to have Dan and Packer Place on board here as our corporate sponsor. Also wanted to let you know that the... Um, the Charlotte High School Startup Weekend is coming up here soon. It's on November 2nd through November 4th at um, Johnson C. Smith University. Um, it is a Techstars-sponsored event. Uh, should be a great time. We've got some fantastic people that have helped organize it. Uh, this week is the last week to register to attend, so um, I encourage you to... Check out our website where you can quickly see where to register and how to register. Um, speaking of registering for events, the Southeast FinTech Venture Conference is coming up here soon. That is also scheduled in November. It's Wednesday, November 14th. Um, it'll be downtown. You can register at their website, www.sefintechvc.com. Uh, this is also the demo day for the QC FinTech Class 9 cohort. Um, so it should be a good, event, a, a good event there as well. So um, just a couple of the things that are going on in the Charlotte startup and investor community here over the course of the next couple of weeks. Certainly hope that you're able to attend um, several of them, if not all of them. And um, now, again, we'll get started here with our interview with Angel Rutledge of Sign Up Genius. Welcome to the show today, Angel. We're um, excited to have you on the podcast. We've talked about this now for probably six weeks, and I'm excited to finally be in y'all's office, which is fantastic. Yes, I'm excited to finally meet you in person, yeah. William. Thank you for having me. So um, we've talked a little bit um, today and kind of back and forth in some emails, um, but what I wanted to, kind of the place I wanted to start at is you know, go back to the beginning of Sign Up Genius. Yes. Um, so I've done a, a little bit of research on you. Um, you're a former middle school English teacher. Yes, and my first job, that yeah. was it. Many things since then, yeah. but that was my first thing, my first love. Yeah, you're a mother of four. Yes. Um, you happen to be left-handed. I do. Yeah, and you turned into a startup entrepreneur. 
How did that happen? Uh, yeah, those, those three things aren't necessarily the classic definition of how we define entrepreneurship these days. We typically look at the 22-year-old um, just out of college grad or maybe even the 18-year-old skipping college. Um, how did you know this was your, your space? How did, how did this come to be? Yes, I would say that originally I didn't. It really was more of a problem that needed to be solved. Yeah. And now that I know more about entrepreneurs, I realize that's more common than you would think. Yeah. So there are a whole lot of entrepreneurs that end up wanting to solve a problem more than they wanted to be an entrepreneur. And they just happen to be the right person to do it. So some of that for me was about teaching and doing a variety of different things. But really the idea for Sign Up Genius came about a little more than 10 years ago. Okay. My husband, Dan, and I were involved in a lot of group events. Mm -hmm. uh, we had, as you mentioned, four kids. That we have four keep kids. You busy. Yes, yes, we were very busy. So I was involved volunteering at their school. He was co coaching uh, their soccer teams. Mm -hmm. We were leading Bible studies. Uh, two of our kids are adopted from Liberia, West Africa. Okay. So I was leading mission teams over to help at the orphanage they were oh, wow. from. Okay. So we were just organizing a lot of people. And what we found was that we were spending a lot more time organizing people than we were at the actual events that we were organizing. Yeah. And so we felt frustrated that we weren't having as much impact as we wanted to have. And um, the tools at that time to organize people uh, were not efficient. So Excel spreadsheets. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Excel spreadsheets, <laughs> uh, paper sign-up sheets, phone trees, reply all emails. And we actually had a couple of funny things that happened that I think were tipping points for us. Uh, they were funny and frustrating. Yeah. So um, one of those, Dan was coaching the soccer team and part of coaching a little league soccer team involves snack signups. It sure does. So he had just a paper sign-up sheet, passed that around to the parents. They signed up. He threw it in his bag, immediately lost it. Yeah. And so they, you know, parents wanted to swap slots. They wanted him to remind them when their time was. Yeah. He had no idea. They ended up having kids with no snacks some weeks, double snacks other weeks. And, you know, the, the parents were like, you know, what, what's the problem? And yeah. he's like, I just wanted to be a soccer coach. Yeah, I just wanted to coach. You know, I just yeah. wanted to coach soccer. <laughs> so um, we, we had a Bible study that we had uh, a, a party for. Um, we were trying to do some really easy snacks for us. So we said, okay, let's forego all of the organizing. Let's just A through M bring drinks, uh, N through Z bring snacks. It'll work itself out. It'll be fine. Yeah. So we got to the party and had literally all Diet Coke and tortilla chips and salsa. Nice. For the whole party. So yeah, it, awesome. it was a pretty disgusting party, but um, yeah, that was those were the couple things that happened uh, on top of each other that we said, there's got to be a better way to yeah. do this. And he had been designing websites for 10 to 12 years. Okay. And so at that time we were thinking, you know, this would be so much easier if it were online. If you just took the paper sign-up sheet, put it online, people could sign up at any time. Mm -hmm. They could swap slots without having to contact the organizer. Yeah. Uh, and then what if it even reminded everybody a couple days beforehand so they wouldn't forget the responsibility? It would take out the majority of the work. Yeah. So, um, so you have an idea. So we um, had the idea. You have the idea. Yes. Um, what's Dan doing at that point in time? Right, so that was a, a big piece of the story there. So we uh, were brought to Charlotte in 2005. That was about three years before Sign Up Genius okay. uh, by another entrepreneur in Charlotte named Michael Vedini. He was okay. a serial entrepreneur involved in IT, and he had this vision to do a media and an IT company okay. and had dreamed to do a feature film. So that was how we got here. Dan was originally uh, in film and okay. uh, wanting to do film and video and had done websites as a consultant for 10 to 12 years as a way to not be a starving artist, as yeah. a way to support our family. So, uh, so four basically... Mouths, four mouths are hungry to feed, or four, um, four, uh, four mouths are expensive to feed, right? Exactly, yeah. yes. So basically we thought, well, this is a great opportunity to do both things, mm -hmm. the, you know, the web, uh, internet startups, and uh, also film. 
And so he was brought here to do that. Um, they had a small team. And after the first couple of years, they realized that they were going to end up doing more of the IT work okay. than the film. So as it turns out, film is really risky. Yeah. <laughs> so it's the IT world, by the way. It is. It is. It is. So they decided, okay, we're going to stick with the IT work. Everyone else left except for Dan at the company. And okay. so he was at that point when we had this idea for Sign Up Genius, he was looking at, okay, what do I do? Do I go off on my own? Do I get another job? Do I stick with the company and the service projects that we're doing right now? And so he actually pitched the idea to Michael. He said, you know, how about I continue the service projects and then on the side, we'll take a flyer. I'll create this site. We have this idea. We'll just see how it goes. Yep. And we won't, you know, we don't have to invest anything. We'll just see how it goes. So he was moonlighting with the project. For exactly. A exactly. Okay. Yes. So that went on for the first couple of years and it gave him great time to develop the tool mm -hmm. and hear back from the early adopters. But if I understand it correctly, um, the early days was, I mean, it was a free only version, right? Yes. It was a free only version, but from the beginning, uh, we, he did use Google AdSense, so put ads on the signups. Okay. And so it, it would bring in a little bit of revenue, yeah. and as it grew, it would bring in more and more. Gotcha. Okay. I didn't realize that. Yes. So, so that was the point where it was really, uh, it was a great season to be able to test and mm -hmm. see how is, how is this going to work. I mean, our vision at the time really was to have this huge freemium model SaaS product that we would have advertising. And then once you have this larger group of people who are using it for free, there will be a group who needs more features, yeah. premium service, uh -huh. add-on features, and we could sell that. Uh, but basically needed to prove first that it could catch on yeah. as a free product and grow. How did it, I mean, it caught on really quick, didn't it? It did. And that was a piece that I think we understood at the beginning, but didn't understand how powerful it was. That by its nature, the tool was a viral tool. So every time that somebody used it to create a sign up and invite people to an event, they were advertising for us. Yeah. So we knew early on, I said, you know, if, if this product works really well and people have a phenomenal experience, other people will use it. And, and that's exactly what happened. So from the beginning, we wanted it to be a tool that could serve any type of organization that anytime somebody needed a sign up, they'd be able to use Sign Up Genius. They could do the same few steps, create something in a few minutes, and then send it out to their group, and that it would be power powerful enough to uh, meet any group organizing needs. So whether it was business or school or sports or a nonprofit, college, anything, they could use Sign Up Genius. And so Dan, at the beginning, as people would start to use it, they would actually write in and say, hey, this is great for parent-teacher conferences. I need to use it for our swim team. If you could just create this one feature it would be you know, phenomenal for yeah. swim teams. And so that's, that's what he did for those first couple of years. And so people started to use it more and more for different types of events. So let's go back for a quick minute, if you don't mind. Yes. So 2008, the idea of um, a horrible uh, um, time to have an idea, right? It was. Yeah. Um, Good thing we didn't know at the time. Exactly. Um, but 2008, you have the idea. When's the site launched? So the site was launched in October of 2008. Okay. We're celebrating our 10-year anniversary yeah, so next again, month. Bad timing, yeah. <laughs> bad timing, yeah. So, I mean, right? The market crashed right. in October 2008. Yes. So, um, but, I mean, what turned out to be great timing for y'all. It did. It um, did. Well, and remember that the fact that it was a free product yeah. was great yeah, at so that too. time. Yeah. So people were excited about being able to use anything that was free yeah. to be able to to save them time and save them money. Yeah, no, absolutely. So site launches in 2000, um, October 2008. Uh, that's cool. Happy 10 year anniversary a couple of days early. Thank you. Um, when did you, when did you start to know that it was, it was really catching on and working? Um, right. Was it 2010? Was it 2000? Was it November 2008? How long before you looked at it and said, wow, I think that it was somewhere between 2011 and 2012. Okay. The 2011 was actually where I formally came on okay. uh, because Dan couldn't handle doing everything. So I came on and said, okay, I will 
help you hire a developer and then I will do a little bit of marketing because I'm cheap, yeah. I can do that. And then uh, once I started doing that, needed, he needed more help with customer support. I started doing that. Then we started hiring more people. So that first year in 2011, started hiring a few people. That was one sign. And then in 2012, needed to hire more. And I remember that in October of 2012, we were growing by about 40% a week in traffic. Wow. And that was, that was one of the big moments of, yeah. oh my goodness, if we can keep this thing up, yeah. it's big. No, that's really uh, 40% a week is crazy. Yes. And that was the thing of just Dan trying to keep servers up and getting more servers. And How do you hold on during that time period, right? Because I mean, that's all, that's literally probably all you're doing is trying to hold on and not mess it up. Yes, and that was that was really a lot of the strategy from don't, about don't 2011 yeah. to 2015 of yeah. you know just hold on yeah. this thing is going like gangbusters just keep up. Yeah. So state the obvious here you're you're married to Dan. Yes. Um, so in essence, um, it started off as a family business. Yes. Uh, how difficult is a family business that's a startup bringing in some revenue? Um, early on, but you know, not what it is today. Um, how difficult is that? Because he's also moonlighting, right? I mean, so I'm, I imagine it was, um, there were stressful periods too, right? Even though it was doing well and you knew it was progressing, it, it had to be difficult. Right. I think that it helped us our early history. Yeah. So the fact that he was a filmmaker. Uh, Which is risky too. Was, was much riskier. So this yeah. never seemed risky to us, to be honest. Uh, this was making money. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. had done a lot of things that made no money yeah. and we had done those together. And so this was, this was really fun. This was making money and we were hiring people. So to us, it never felt like, what if this doesn't work? Yeah. So there's fierce competition in the startup world, right? Um, I mean, you've, yes. uh, you've got competition, I'm sure. And you've had competition yes. that started up and, and, um, and failed. I mean, what's made sign up genius successful? I mean, you didn't do an accelerator class. Um, you didn't take outside money until recently. Um, you don't live in San Francisco or Austin. Um, you live here in Charlotte, right? What? How did? How did it? How did it hit? Right. I know that is a great question and something that we have thought about a good bit. I think that there are a whole lot of things. I mean, in any type of startup that makes it big, a lot of it is timing. Yeah. You know, it was the right time. It was a problem that needed to be solved. And then we just happened to be the right people with the right skills at the time to do it. So for Dan and I, our skill sets complement each other really well. I've since found out too that that often happens with entrepreneurs, yeah. with you know successful startups, that there are two or three people who have complementary skills. Uh, and so we, we had that. And I think Charlotte is also the right place to start Sign Up Genius. We have a great family community who are really passionate about giving back to their community. Yeah. And so we had people who wanted to be involved and they wanted to give feedback uh, and they wanted to use the product. So it, we just happened to be in the right time, right place with the right skills. Yeah, I mean, I never thought about that, but um, I mean, an enormous number of churches here in Charlotte, um, an enormous number of soccer leagues, um, an enormous number of baseball. I mean, every other sporting event out there, right? Yes. Um, and from that perspective, um, and more people moving to Charlotte on a daily basis that fit that mold, from that perspective, it was the perfect place to launch rather than San Francisco or some other place, right? Yes, and I think it also worked in our favor that we really flew under the radar. So this was a space that there weren't a lot of people in your typical startup world who were saying, hey, this is a great yeah. spot to be in and this is going to go really big. So uh, for us, it, it just made sense to do it in Charlotte. And at the beginning, we actually, as it got bigger and bigger, we said, you know, we knew we were flying under the radar yeah. and we used that time to really build the product and to... Re listen to our users uh, 
because we knew, okay, this is going to be really big. And there was a time period where there were two or three years where all of a sudden investors were saying, wow, I've heard of this now, I wanna get in. But before that, we knew, okay, this is only a matter of time. We wanna use this before there is a whole lot of competition and people who wanna get involved. So what's that space like once you realize that um, investors do wanna get involved, right? You start to see competitions pop up and, what, what was that like? I mean, you flew under the radar, you were having success, and all of a sudden people start, you know, from the outside world trying to poach that success. I mean, you got to be kicking sand and throwing rocks, right? Yes, we did have that, and it, it was painful. Yeah. That was actually probably one of our biggest challenges. We had a, a trademark infringement okay. issue, and I remember we had actually left for a week of vacation, which we had not taken up until that point. Of course it happens then, right? And yeah. it was the second day of vacation. So the first day of vacation was amazing. Yeah. And we were thinking, this is so wonderful. We've got vacation. We're doing well. You know, we were talking about all the things we wanted to start doing for our employees. Yeah. And day two, one of our employees texted, did you see the news? And, uh, you know, had, had basically this, this issue with our trademark, uh, and, you know, had had a competitor who was really following a lot in our footsteps and then really just stepped over the line in a real blatant way and and it was hard and painful and uh, we spent the next i don't know at least six months to a year figuring out how to deal with that but in the end it actually propelled us forward even farther um do you mind if uh, when was that that was in actually i'm trying to remember the exact year when was your first vacation in a long time i know (laughs) i know that's that's bad that i don't remember so let's see this would have probably been 2015 okay so two years later you take outside money then yes Um, okay so it was basically it took in 2015 when that happened we basically spent the next year dealing with that challenge and in the end uh, what we decided to do was do what we had always done we're just going to be better at this than our competitor uh and we 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 were successful in that so then 2016 uh, we had been getting a lot of interest for two to three years from investors and had just said you know we're heads down we don't see how money could do anything different here uh we're just going to keep our heads down and and uh, keep going. So by 2000, were they showing? I mean, you were growing 40 percent week over week there for a while. Were they were they sleeping outside the door here, or what were they, <laughs> what were they doing? Again, I don't know yeah. how much everybody really knew, <laughs> but uh, but yes, we were we were basically yeah. just you know thank thanks, but um, but we're just really busy and don't know how that could help right now. Did you tell them to check back in in a year? Yes. You did? We would often say, yeah. you know, thank you so much for the interest. Uh, check back with us in six months to a year. Right now, we feel good about the path that we're on, you know, with what, with what we have, the resources we have. So the end of 2016 comes along. Um, you've beaten back the trademark infringement. Company's still growing. You've decided you just want to beat the competition at the game that you know you're really good at. Yes. Um, and you decide at that point in time, now we can add fuel to the fire. Actually, at that time, it wasn't even then that we needed fuel to the fire. We were profitable. Yeah. And uh, didn't see that investment again. That investment at that point would change what we were already doing well. Uh, but we did get to the point where we said, you know what, this is risky for the two of us to keep doing this. We felt like we owed it to our staff and our customers to bring on partners who had already been at this stage and who could help us uh, just make sure that this, this growth continued on the same path and was really stable. So, you know, we had those moments definitely where we said, this is a mom and pop shop. And what happens if, you know, we have a car accident yeah. or in a, you know something? What happens if the two of us get taken out? We can't we can't do this, you know, to our to our customers and to our staff, and uh, and and then at the same time, you know, it was good for us to de-risk a little bit. Yeah. So that's that was where we were in 2016, and spent the next year uh, just talking with different advisors ran a process 
and brought on our investment team in 2017, okay. a year ago. Um, looking back on it now, do you wish you would have brought them on earlier, or did they come on at the right? Was that was the timing right? The timing was right. Yes, I don't regret that at all. I think it was the the perfect timing for for what we uh, what we were doing. I don't think that it would have helped more earlier on but that was the perfect timing for it how do you um how do you tell a an entrepreneur you don't have to say young entrepreneur anymore right you can say whatever um how do you tell an entrepreneur when the right time is to bring on capital because um, i mean y'all were this 2017 it was eight nine years into existence right right and there's entrepreneurs out there that are you know they're raising money pre-day one yes um so there's a wide range of places where money can fit how do you yes i mean your experience tells you to bring on money when so that's a great question i've talked to a number of entrepreneurs about that at different stages yeah. i just had a conversation earlier this week with an entrepreneur who was trying to work through that and figure that out and so my first thing is to listen and just ask them tell me about your company tell me about where you're at and then talk through, so what do you really need right now? Yeah. And that's, I think, the, the main question is, what do you really need right now? Do you need money? Do you need advice? Do you need to figure out your product? Do you need to figure out your operations? And then bottom line, is money going to help whatever you need? Yeah. So if it's just that for you, this feels like a milestone, like it's validating what you're doing, then I would say mm, that may not be the right thing, uh, right timing. Yeah. But if it's, we need this. If, if we don't get money right now, we can't grow as fast as we want to grow. Or there will be a competitor who will come in and, and take over the space, then get money. Yeah. And speaking of getting money, um, you know, we're September 28, 2018 today, right? Yes. Um, Deal Cloud within the last month or two just had a nice exit. They did. Um, and a couple other companies here in, in Charlotte have had a nice exit. Um, how do, as a fellow Charlotte entrepreneur, um, startup person, how do you view those successful exits? It's really exciting. <laughs> I love it. I'm so excited for them. Yeah. Yes. I think it's great. Uh, it's great for the company and the founders, obviously, yeah. uh, and their team. But it's great for Charlotte. It's great that uh, you know every time you have another big exit, you validate that Charlotte is a place that can support startups. Yeah. So I think it's great for that reason. Um, when you take on outside investment, one of the things that they're always, um, you know, uh, most likely they don't want to hold the investment forever. Um, so. How do you handle that from a founder perspective, right? How do you view um, uh, the fact that they'll want their own exit? It doesn't have to be y'all's exit, but they'll want an exit at some point in the future, right? Is it just part of the process that you handle and move forward with, Angel? I think it is, yes. I think that's just um, part of what you know you're signing up for when yeah. you bring investors on. And if you haven't thought that through well, then it probably is painful you know but that was something that we really thought about is uh, if we take this on that's what we're signing up for and that's what you owe your investors yeah. that's that's their job that's why they're investing in your company and so to think that it's going to be different than that uh, isn't fair to your investors so, so does, does sign up genus end up with the SNUP symbol on the NASDAQ one day then is that the goal here do you do you go public or no do you not in the um, in the forecast at this point in time. And sorry, it's probably I, yeah. a bad symbol. Right. Yeah. Well, I would say, I would say that for Dan and I, yeah. our goal has always been the same and it's the mission of the company. Yeah. You know, we want to empower people to change the world yeah. by making it simple to organize groups. So for us, that has been the same since day one. Mm -hmm. And I think that would be the same a year from now or 10 years from now, you know, making money and growing in terms of the users and the product, those are all important in, a, in order to be able to achieve that goal. Yeah. So we want to do that more and more and more and being able to see the ways that people have literally changed their communities by using the tool. 
um, that's what gets us excited. So however we can do that more and more, that's the goal for us. So SNUP is not, um, uh, not something you'd shy away from if it came. It would not yeah. be. No, it would not be. So, and you can come up with your own symbol. You don't have to take mine. Okay, I, I, but I'll, I'll note that. I'll yeah. put that down. There's no Give you credit for it later. There's no trademark infringement as you go okay. down that path. All, right. <laughs> um, all, that being, you know, all that being said, your favorite title is not CMO or CFO or COO. It's MOM, right? It is. So it is. Um, how do you handle being MOM and, um, and startup founder, CMO, COO, CFO, whatever the company needed you to be in those early days? How do those two things coexist in your world? It's been a challenge for sure. And uh, the nice thing for me, I think, in starting a company is that uh, Dan and I were able to figure out at each stage what that needed to look like for us. And that is a luxury. I know that's a luxury. As a woman, uh, as a woman who's an executive, that's been a luxury for me. Uh, So we have done something different at each stage. So early on, that meant that I worked part-time. And uh, it was actually part of what helped us build a tech company that has half women on our staff and half women in leadership um, for our leadership structure. Because we said, you know what, this doesn't have to look like every other company. This can look like what we need it to look like. And if it looks like what we need it to look like, how can we make it look like what our staff needs it to look like? So, um, so that has been a part of it is just figuring out at each stage, okay, I need to work part-time right now with what's going on with our kids. And then it got to a point where I was doing the 50 hours plus a week. And there was a point three years ago where I said to Dan, you have to fire me from something. I cannot do this anymore. I am, you know, I am barely sleeping a few hours a night, trying to be full-time mom and full-time here and beyond full-time at both, you know, both things. So um, we had to sit down again and figure out, okay, what's the solution here? And our solution at the time was to hire an assistant Mm -hmm. who was part-time at home and part-time at the office, and she did the things that... I didn't need to do so you know there were the things of doing the laundry and buying the groceries and making food so that I could be there um, for the things that you know I wanted to drive my kids home after sports practices and be at school for Mm -hmm. different events so I could be there for the quality times Mm -hmm. still and they wouldn't notice that mom's not doing the laundry or cleaning the house so that was that was how we handled it and same thing here I needed some things taken off my plate at Sign of Genius. So our, my assistant, Katie, has been tremendous for that. And we've just had a great team. That's that's a big part of it. We've had an amazing team at Sign of Genius who figure out how to get the work done and figure out how to help each other do it. What is it? Um, so your kids um, are all boys, all girls, mixed? Two boys, two girls. Okay, so two boys. Um, we'll focus on the girls. Um, what does it mean to you that they see mom a super mom um and then be somebody that started a, a an entrepreneur a startup person right what does that mean to your daughters i mean also to your sons right but we're in right. the age where we talk a lot about daughters um and giving them that power to see themselves as being something different how do they see you do they understand what you're doing do they grab a hold of it are they gravitating to it already um what is that what's that like Right. It has also changed at different seasons. So early on as they were younger, remember we started when our kids were six to nine years old. So for a number of years, they just wanted to know that mom was going to be there. Like mom had always been there. And so that was important to me. Mm -hmm. They didn't really care that I was running a company and that that meant anything for their future. Are you coming to my soccer game on Saturday? Exactly. Right? Yeah. Are you, you know, are you going to be here at the class party? Yeah. Uh, are you helping out? Are you bringing the cupcakes? Whatever it was. So. Did you sign up, by the way, Mom? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So that was important to me to make sure that uh, I could be what they needed at the stages that they were at. Um, then, as they got older, it changed. So our oldest daughter ended up actually interning for three years with us here in our marketing department. And uh, she is now 
I'll brag on her a little bit. She's in the honors program at UNC Chapel Hill. Uh, She's a junior. She's amazing. Um, Our other daughter, she's actually going to go into cosmetology. Also amazing. Beautiful. Both beautiful girls. But I think for both of them, now that they're older, they can see that anything that they want to do is possible and that it doesn't have to be an either or. Yeah. You know, I think that that for them, that's something that I really wanted, that you really can be mom and be there and you can do what you want in terms of having a career yeah both are possible Uh, what an awesome role model um so um that's cool so well you've done and can i also say that they've also seen that that's really hard yeah so that's one thing that i've told them i want you to figure out how to make this easier yeah because it shouldn't be this hard and that's um that's something that we've tried to do at sign up genius and just offering different types of roles, whether it's part-time, three-quarter time, full-time, and not saying that in order to lead, you have to work 50 plus hours. Yeah. So that's that's been really important. And I hope that for my daughters, that they will be able to be mom, be wife, be involved in their community, be an executive, and not feel like I can't sleep. Yeah. So this place doesn't have your fingerprints all over, right? I mean, it's got like whole hand. <laughs> um, so what's it been like for you to shape the the culture of the company here? That has been my favorite part, yeah. honestly. I love my favorite part of building Sign Up Genius has been to um, find people who were passionate about the mission, passionate about serving others, uh, about learning, and and then had some really good skills and bring them together and see like, what does that look like when all of these talented people come together? And so I don't feel like I just built that culture on my own. It was, you know, it was a group of us who who did that. And, um, you know, we sat down after the first few years of Sign Up Genius. It was probably about 2014, 2013, and said, you know, this is a great place to work. Let's Let's make a culture code because there are about seven to nine of us right now I want what we have right now to be true when we have 25 people and 50 people so we took the time to sit down and say okay what is it that we love about working here what do we want to be true of sign up genius forever and got that all written out in a culture code Uh, and so that's something that we we put into practice in our hiring in our review process and meetings and emails that we send each other we're always talking about what our values are, what our mission is. Uh, and so that has been probably one of the most exciting things is just to see that. And the company's been rewarded with that as well, right? I mean, you've been recognized as a top employer in North Carolina for um, numerous years, correct? Yes, we have. We have. What is, um, how does that, I mean, obviously that's got to help out with recruitment, right? It does help out with recruitment. Do so you have a hard time, I mean, um, outside of the fact that you've got that going for you is it hard to find talent I yes and no there's always uh, talent to find it's always hard because our company keeps growing our expectation on ourselves continues to grow Mm -hmm. so I think that piece of uh, you know we 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 have said for years man if I tried to get a job at sign up genius now I would never be qualified to work here (laughs) So that's the hard piece is that, you know, we have this expectation that this is a world-class site and our users deserve world-class service. Uh, So it's hard to find people who have the the background that we need at this point. Uh, But what we've also found is that there are always people who are really smart and are really passionate and want to learn. And so... Uh, we bring people in and we we train them up. Okay. Um, what um, what's the one thing you look for most in an employee? We look for the. Th- it's it's actually not a hard question. We okay. look for people who are other centered. Okay. And that's just you know based on the mission of our company. Yeah. Um, we look for people who are really passionate about serving our customers because our customers 
are people who are changing their communities and changing the world. And so um, we want people who are passionate about that first. And then second, I would say people who are excited about learning and growing. Yeah, um, no, that's cool. No, I mean, you're right. You're, um, you're empowering people to have more time to do other things. So yes. it, you're the number one thing you look for. It makes perfect sense. Um, sales. Um, they're, they're the lifeblood of any organization, right? They should be, yeah. yes. Um, it's funny, you talk to startups all the time, and they talk about their gadgets, or they're this, or they're that. And, but at the end of the day, if you're not selling, you're not going to be around in six months or whatever the, um, um, you know, the ultimate time period is going to be. Um, you went from a freemium model where you were you had some ads that were generating revenue, but um, at the end of the day, the pivot to selling a premium model um, will, I would imagine, be the thing that drives the engine going forward for many years into the future. Yes. How was that pivot? So that was actually out of uh, the needs of our customers. And so it was an easy pivot. It was an easy pivot, yes. Uh, and we actually said, you know, from the beginning, we are flipping the funnel sort of yeah. on its head, you know, and we are, uh, even with our, with our core users. So very different. We are not a B2B company yet. We have a piece of that and, and we're moving more towards that, but we started out as a business to consumer product and we started with the parent, the mom who is coming into the organization and bringing sign up genius into the organization at the bottom. Yeah. And then it, it went. It moved up. It went to the teachers, the volunteer coordinator, up to the business owner, the principal, who at that point then said, "You know what? We we need some very specific features here. We need there to be no ads on the signups. We need multiple administrators so we can have everything in one account. Sometimes we need to start a sign up at a certain time and stop at a certain time. So there, it basically for us got to a point where we where our user said, "We need." some other features that we knew, okay, this is beyond the free, simple, I've created a sign up, everybody signs up, uh, sign up tool. And so that was in 2013 that we launched our premium service. Uh, we also at the same time launched um, the ability to collect money on a sign up. And so both of those, we actually launched both and said, okay, we're launching both of these. We're going to see what takes off and we'll put more development resources into that one first. Yeah. And it was, it was the premium service that took off. So, I mean, everything, um, and I don't want to make it sound easy, but it just, it marched in lockstep for you as far as the growth goes. It did. And it, again, I think it was not, it, you know, it wasn't easy in terms of, uh, it was easy to do, yeah. but it, it just, you know, we, and we had sort of laid out this strategy early on to say, this is what we think is going to happen. And it, and it was what happened. Uh, you know, we did anticipate that, hey, our, our users are going to use a simple tool, but once it catches on, they're going to use it more and more and they'll need more and more. Yeah. And then that's the next step. Um, so, you know, now we're, we're at even a different point of saying, okay, this needs to be even a have even a B2B function to it. And so have even more of an enterprise level that it's not just signups, but this is all of volunteer coordinating. Okay. So we're, we're still at another place that yeah. we had, we saw, you know, two or three years ago, it would be coming. Um, one of the, we were talking about terminology and startups before we got started on the actual podcast, right? Yes. One of the popular terminologies that we hear these days is pivot. Um, which is um, you're going one direction and you recognize that you need to go in another direction. Was I mean, it doesn't sound like from the outside that there was a big pivot with Sign Up Genius. Were there smaller pivots or were there, or was there a big pivot and um, we just haven't hit on it yet? I think that the pivots were things that we anticipated. Yeah. And that, I think, is one of our core strengths. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're pretty good at problem solving and yep. anticipating okay based on these factors here's probably what's going to come in six months or a year and so we certainly couldn't have seen 10 years yeah but we could see ahead a year to two and plan for that and again you know what we tell people a lot of times is 
remember we're organizers yeah. like that's that's what we that's what we do yeah. and so that's what we do here we figure out based on data what's the strategy going forward and we're constantly looking at okay how can we organize this strategy to be more efficient and to continue to grow have you had your hand slapped yet i mean have you gone in the direction that was out of bounds that you end up saying oh no that's not for us after all right um, that's a good question we did actually like i said enterprise solution yeah. we did think about that a couple of years ago yeah. and uh you know our big thing is that we we test the water so yeah. instead of uh you know we take a lot of calculated risks and i think sometimes startups get get that piece wrong where they just let's put all of our eggs in this basket yeah. and it doesn't work out and there's no contingency there's no, plan there's, there's that's no it basket. yeah you know there, that's it and so we really like i said we launched this premium service and the payment service yeah. at the same time because we said we don't know for sure you know we think that these are both needed we're not sure which one's going to be best let's launch them both at a smaller level and we'll go with whatever starts to work. Yeah. And so that's been some of it. But a couple of years ago, we said, okay, we, we do think um, this B2B solution is going to be the next thing that our users need. Let's go ahead and test this out. And at the time, they weren't ready for it yet. But they are now. I, th I think we're there. Closer. Yes, I think that we're there. Yeah. Interesting. So um, setback, not, um, not completely... Yes, and the fact it. that we hadn't put a lot of resources into that, uh, and we're putting it into several different things. So that's another piece of just having, we've always had several revenue streams, yeah. uh, except for, you know, in the very beginning was just the advertising. But yeah. again, we had that, you know, aside income. So even that was, um, it was not putting all of our eggs into the Sign Up Genius basket. Um, so that's something that we've, we've always done so even now we're sort of taking calculated risks. We'll do some on this piece, but we also have these other things that we're moving forward on. Okay. Um, let's pivot our conversation for a second. Okay. Um, so Angel Rutledge has been part of Sign of Genius for give or take 10 years. Um, very much a support role probably for the first couple, um, then came on as uh, part-time. Um, and then as you alluded to earlier, not alluded to directly said, we're working probably entirely too much. Yes. Um, brought in some help. Um, it's 2018. Um, and you're going to take a step back, probably not away, but a step back. What does the future yes. hold for you? I don't know what the future holds. Oh, I love on, that. Yeah. I've done, yes, but I love that. But you've been so that. good at predicting the future here. I right? know. Well, again. Yeah. In same sign up genius fashion, I have several things that are going on. So, okay. uh, so definitely, I love sign up genius. I'll always be passionate about the mission here and what our team does. I'm already really sad not to be with our team every day. That that's hard for me. Uh, but being able to just be involved at whatever a 10, 12 hours a week um, gives me at least a little bit of that where I can still help with strategy. I yeah. can still uh, be with everybody here. Uh, I'm doing some of this. I'm getting involved in uh, the entrepreneur startup community in Charlotte. I feel like I, I didn't have the time to get involved in the community. Mm -hmm. And so I really want to do that. Uh, I still have that passion of teaching and learning. Yeah. So there's the piece of uh, you know meeting with other entrepreneurs and giving whatever help I can and then also learning about investing and you know now that we've had our investors on i've learned so much in the last year to year and a half about yeah. the investment side of it so um, that's a piece that's that's fascinating to me that i think i'll start, still learn a lot about uh, yeah. you know i've written books before so i've got a book that's that's starting um so about this is it the sign of genius journey is that what you're going to write about actually i'm i'm writing it is some about the sign up genius journey but it's mostly about uh, how we don't need to have a formal education to become an entrepreneur yeah. so working title probably not final title but working title is everyday mba okay. so just the fact that you know we did build this startup in Charlotte yeah. and with no money and not no MBAs um, 
difference between the two of us. So how did that happen? And just looking at all the lessons that we had learned uh, along the way that prepared us for this and bringing in some other entrepreneur stories as well to be able to say, you know, this, this is something that a lot of people can do. Yeah. I didn't realize it was possible beforehand. So would love for other people to see you don't necessarily have to go through formal education in order to start your own company. No, you're exactly right. So can you give us a sneak peek? What's the, what's the biggest lesson that you learned before starting um, that helped lead to the success of Sign Up Genius? Or do we, have to, do we have to wait and read the book? You can tell me we have to wait and read the book. That's fine. Right, right. Yes. Remember, I'm just starting this, but basically each chapter is, a, is more about, yeah. okay, I was a teacher. What, what did I learn there? I waited tables for years putting myself through uh -huh. college. What did I learn when I was there? And just looking at each of the different roles, what did I learn so that when we started Sign Up Genius, I just pulled from the things that I had already learned, yeah. you know, customer service and waiting tables yeah. and all of these different um, places just pulled what, what I had already learned. And I think most really um, strong entrepreneurs do that. We just, in anybody and in, in things that they're successful for, for or successful in, we pull from what we've learned in other experiences. So um, on that same note, you moved here in 2005. You started yes. Sign Up Genius in 2008 um, and the community embraced it, right? Um, what, um, what's the thing you got most from the community as a, as a startup here? Um, was it just embracing and giving you feedback? Was, um, were you able to tap in, into any of these startup kind of, um, advisors within the Charlotte community over the course of what was, what does Charlotte give you other than a whole bunch of love? Right. You know, the, this is going to be a really different answer than yeah. you would expect, but it gave us really talented women. Yeah, that's cool. Is what it gave us. That's awesome. Uh, and we did not know uh, at the time how much we probably could have benefited from the startup community here yeah. in Charlotte. And again, we didn't really understand that yeah. there was a startup community, but what I knew as I started hiring people was that there were a lot of women like me who were really involved in their community, organizing a lot of groups. Um, they were, they were uh, women who had degrees and other things, but they wanted to, at this season of their life, be home with their kids a good part too. And so that was early on where I said, okay, let's go grab some of these women who uh, would be amazing at, at working for our company and connecting with our users uh, and we can really benefit from them but they don't they're not looking for the full-time executive role at that level of compensation and a lot of um, the those women are still with us and now they they have grown to that point where they are uh, women who are leading a large company yeah. um, some of them in full-time capacities and some of them still in part-time capacities yeah so um, that's neat no um, your perspective as a um, as a female entrepreneur is definitely um, uh, welcomed um, and I think has the potential to be hugely helpful to us um, to that segment of the population that's kind of bubbling up here within Charlotte which is the female entrepreneurship realm, right? And we've seen yes. more of it um, with some of the startups. Do you know Samantha Smith with Vision? I do, yes. Um, and, and their effort and organization that are putting together. Um, is that something that you can contribute to? Yes, I'm, I'm getting involved in that yeah. and excited about that. So that is a piece in this new phase yeah. that uh, I have the space for now. Um, before, I didn't have the space to do much outside of Sign Up Genius, and now I do. So that's been exciting. So is that Angel in five years is contributing to the entrepreneur space um, broadly and the female entrepreneur space probably a little bit more specifically? I think so, probably. Yeah? Yes. So we'll we'll see to, what doors open. We'll get to see you around more often. Yes, definitely. Next year or two then. Definitely. I've had fun with it already in the last couple of months. Um, where does Sign Up Genius end up in five years then? Um, and I know that's hard to predict, but... Um, Charlotte Company is still based here in Ballantyne, and you're moving uptown to tap into that talent. Um, 
I think we'll still be in Charlotte. Yeah. Yes. I think it's it's growing. We're yeah. adding on other companies. And uh, I think this, this platform of being able to uh, have group organizing tools uh, will will be something that um, you know grows for Sign Up Genius. Uh, so we will have sort of a, a platform of group organizing tools, and I think that the main base will still be here in Charlotte. When did you have your first glass of champagne to celebrate? I think it was actually at um, we we had a party for our team when we had the investment team come on. Okay, and that was it. it was yes, it? that was it. Yeah. So you waited that long to we did. cheers it out. We did. So um, what was that moment like? What was the signing the documents like for Dan and you? It was exciting. It was really exciting. I think um, for our team as a whole, just what it said about the company and the hard work that everybody put in. So I think that um, we were most excited that day. Uh, no one else knew in our company, we just just the executive team. So okay. no one else in our company knew at the time, and we had been working on it for a number of months. Yeah. And um, so it was, it was really hard work. And so we were just really excited to be able to share it with everybody, and um, and and share the benefit, you know, yeah. the financial benefit too with everyone. So it was exciting. We got to bring each person in, uh, and to meet with us that afternoon and say, okay, here's here's the deal yeah. and then we all got together for a, a party um, out under a tent afterwards and it was just I think for everybody it just felt like you know this was really hard work yeah. and it you know it's 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 meant something for our users um, but this you know means something for us too yeah that's cool um, employee stock program or no or yes you, so <laughs> then they did um, benefit financially from it as well then right yeah. actually uh, so we didn't have one beforehand but we chose we basically chose to put it uh, in place at, at the sale we we chose to basically act as if there had been stock ah okay it's almost like a phantom type stock type program that's right. awesome so, at that point and yeah. now there is there a is one going forward a new one going forward so, yes um that's cool so um do the right thing right yes yes we had people who were really invested like yeah. we were. Um, was that validation or was validation before that? Well, there, you know, everything. It, it's um, when validation usually for us comes when you see a unique story. Yeah. Um, so there were times, I remember one time Dan and I went to a funeral uh, in um, near Greensboro and it was for a family member's um, mother and we went through the receiving line, and when we got to the front, um, the the woman who passed away, her husband said, "Oh, you're the Sign Up Genius folks. I just want to tell you, um, it helped us a lot uh, through all of this." And he kind of shared with us um, the things that they had been helped by, and those really are the validating yeah. things. Where you go, this is this was why we did it, yeah. you know, so that people could spend more time with the people that they love and not having to do the administrative tasks that, um, you know, that take away from that. What's the one thing that people don't know about you? The one thing that people don't know about me? I don't know, I'm a pretty open book. <laughs> I'm trying to think of anything that they don't know. It's probably a lot of that just, you know, that I have done a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, I've already gave away the fact you're left-handed, so you can't I'm left-handed. I've coordinated adoptions in Liberia. Okay. Um, that's a unique thing. Yeah, it is. Uh, so, yes. Are you one of ten or anything? No, nothing crazy like that? No, I'm uh, one of two. Yeah. Uh, nothing super interesting in terms of growing up. I mean, that's, I think that's kind of the interesting thing. There's nothing interesting about me. Yeah. Um, uh, that's far from the truth, I'm sure. You know, I just, I mean, it just, um, I think, is more um, is more a God story, really. Yeah. I mean, I'm a Christian, so yeah. that's a big piece for me. That uh, comes through um, right away. Thank you, yeah. thank you. Um, but I'm just, I'm excited about other people's stories, I think, yeah. um, and being able to say, you know, all of us have a story yeah. that is, um, is really unique and being able to help other people 
um, shine in their story is, is, is fun for me. Yeah. Well, um, I can tell that you're not complete, but, um, partial departure from sound of genius, um, will be missed around here. Um, I'll tell you that from the broader Charlotte startup community, it will be welcomed from afar because I think you're going to be a fantastic contributor to it. Um, I'm excited about seeing you at events and seeing you mentor other companies and everything like that. So, um, as is typically the case, um, one person's loss is another person's gain. And I think the broader community will take this gain in a, in a heartbeat. So thank thanks. you, William. I yeah. appreciate that. Thanks for setting aside some time with us today. Um, I enjoyed learning more about you, um, and the company as well. But, um, again, I'm excited to have you out there in the, um, 485 world with us. Thank you. I am too. So, well, thanks. William Bissett is an investment advisor representative with Seacrest Blakey & Associates, a registered investment advisor. Opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of Seacrest Blakey & Associates. The topics discussed and opinions given are not intended to address the specific needs of any listener. Seacrest Blakey & Associates does not offer legal or tax advice. Listeners are encouraged to discuss their financial needs with the appropriate professional regarding your individual circumstance. Investments described herein may be speculative and may involve a substantial risk of loss. Interests may be offered only to persons who qualify as accredited investors under the Securities Act and a qualified purchaser as defined in Section 2A, Paragraph 51, Line A, under the Company Act or an eligible employee of the management company. There generally is no public market for the interests. Prospective investors should particularly note that many factors affect performance, including changes in market conditions and interest rates, and other economic, political, or financial developments. Past performance is not and should not be construed as indicative of future results.